0: Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe, and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosick is a speaker, ghostwriter, and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at GetSoConnected.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 36. We're bringing you this episode during ADHD Awareness Month. And if you listened to episode 35, you heard the very compelling conversation I had with Dr. David Gozal about kids with behavioral and learning problems, two things which often go hand-in-hand hand with ADHD. Dr. Gosal shared an amazing story about how he came to uncover the underlying problems in a group of kids with behavioral and learning problems. The bottom 25% of the class, as Dr. Gazal puts it. And more importantly, you got new insights in that episode into how to find solutions to these kinds of mental and emotional energy challenges that are so common in today's children. If you haven't listened to episode 35 with Dr. Gazal, check it out. And while you're at it, subscribe to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast because we have an amazing episode coming up soon with Dr. Kevin Boyd, who shares some incredible insights on the topic of SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. But today, we get into new territory. We're looking at why so many of these kids have sleep challenges in the first place. Now, you may be thinking, screens, our cell phones are wreaking havoc on our sleep. And there is truth to that. And it's good you're thinking that because we have to be aware of these kind of sleep hygiene things that can wreak havoc on our sleep. But here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, you get more than sleep hygiene. We bring you the eye-opening solutions, the wait, what kind of insights that let you look at a problem in a new way a way that brings you to solving the underlying problem. And that's exactly what we get into with today's guest, Chris Zombek. Chris's long career as a dental hygienist gave her access to the stunningly successful field of oral facial myofunctional therapy. Yep, it's a mouthful to say. And that's actually a happy coincidence because the mouth is actually the focus of orofacial myofunctional therapy. And if we can geek out on the Latin roots for a moment, myo means muscle, and oro refers to oral, and facial is face. So if we work backwards, orofacial myofunctional therapy is therapy that focuses on the function of the muscles in the face And the mouth. And can you take a guess which muscle is most important? If you're like most people, you are in for a surprise. Listen and get answers to these important questions. What does thumb sucking and collar biting tell you about sleep problems? What's really going on when your school-aged child wets the bed? And why does the removal of the tonsils and the adenoids have such a high failure rate? If you're a parent or a teacher looking to help these struggling kids in your life, get the guide that I wrote for parents. You'll find the link in the show notes. Let's listen in to this eye-opening conversation with Chris Zombeck, Orofacial Myofunctional Therapist. Hello, Chris, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast.
1: Hi, Tara. So glad to be here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Well, thank you. I'm so glad you're sharing your time with us and your expertise as well. You know, I know you are um, in a, in a field we call oral facial myology, which most people haven't heard of. So I'm sure we'll get a little bit into that. Um, and what why I'm really excited to talk to you right now, in particular, is because we have a lot of awareness months this month. Um, you know, one of them being ADHD. October is ADHD Awareness Month, and I think practically everybody on the planet will have heard of ADHD. And so I know with, you know, what we talk about here on the counterfeit sleep podcast and the work that you do directly um, really helps a lot with kids who have been diagnosed with ADHD or are suspected of having uh, uh, ADHD. So I'd love it if we could talk a little bit about kids and behaviors that we see in them. And then, you know, as we kind of make our way through, we'll tie that to sleep and, And what and how um, ultimately we always like to direct people towards some solutions. So if we can talk about myofunctional therapy and solutions towards that, that would be awesome. So, uh, yeah, so if we can kind of get started talking about kids and and behaviors that we see, you know, kids who are struggling um, with the challenges of of sleep, but that people aren't recognizing. So, So tell us a little bit about that.
1: So I know when I see kids um, and they come in, the first thing I recognize is their, how their behavior is. Are they very emotional? Are they sad or irritable? Um, and socially, are they very clingy to mom? Um, you know, do they have difficulty having that relationship with anybody, friends, people in general? And you know just how their learning is. How do they receive things? Um, how's their concentration? Um, their behavior is it uh, very disruptive, or you know are they very forgetful? Um, and physically, do they do they look like they're tired? Do they look like they're just going to fall asleep? Mm. You know those are the types of things that I look for as a myologist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so that's really interesting because so many of the things that you described there are so common. I the one that really stood out to me too is is the the relational kind of stuff. Is it a kid who has a hard time um, connecting or staying connected? And what what's funny to me is that a lot of times we um, we'll say. Oh, well, you know, with, with with the prevalence of screens and cell phones now, kids are having a harder time connecting. And so we, we've found a reason for this behavior. But you and I, and as we'll get into, we know that that's not really the cause. It's maybe just maybe a symptom, but maybe even just like a really you know, spurious correlation almost. So tell us a little more Then, when your child does come in and you've seen these sorts of things, what, what kind of things do you want to know next? And um, you know, what kind of questions are you asking and, and what are you, um, what are you hearing and seeing?
1: Well, I'm then going to be asking about their sleep. So that's the first and foremost thing that I'm going to be asking. Are they, do they go to bed easily?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do they, um, have a hard time, you know, falling asleep? How long does it take them to fall asleep? Um, do they stay asleep? Are they waking up through the night? Are they having night terrors? Are they wetting the bed? Are they um, waking up with nightmares? You know, so all of those things. So I do a sleep questionnaire. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're totally on the same page here again. I mean, this is exactly what we talk about with counterfeit sleep, you know, and, and even, um, you know, sometimes you can have a kid who is falling asleep. Okay. Right. And, and you may have seen this too. when the mom or the dad will say, yeah, you know, my child falls asleep. No problem. They stay asleep. They we wait, you know, they don't wake up until the morning. Everything's fine. So sleep isn't it. But I know in my case, I can say, well, just because you're getting the right number of hours of sleep and just because you're staying in the bed doesn't mean you're actually getting healthy restorative sleep where the brain is able to do what it needs to do. I mean, um, do you, I'm going to guess that you, you hear some of that as well uh, in your practice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And you know
1: these these children are, are not getting their REM sleep you know they're they're not getting into that deep restorative sleep um and their and their iqs are showing it
0: mm-hmm. and that's interesting too uh, i know there has been quite a bit of research even um uh, Dr. David Gosal has uh, been part of a study where they're actually looking at the brains of kids who get healthy restorative sleep and those who don't, and you can see a difference in the amount of gray matter that's there. And of course, you know that that begs the question of, like, people, like let's say you're an, an adult then who has, like, say, clinical sleep apnea. You've been diagnosed with a clinical sleep problem. And we know the correlation between something like that and Alzheimer's disease, you know, so it's like, you know, the impact on the brain is so real and yet it's so underappreciated. So, um, yeah, the sleep thing is such a such an important piece. And um, do you hear this much? i think in general in our society a lot of people have come to see that sleep is like a commodity of like you know listen um i have a little too much to do right now so i'll cut back on the sleep so i can get my stuff done right and I and I my fear is that somehow it's um, we we're, we're adopting that view for our children as well, you know that that maybe they don't actually need as much sleep as they seem to because they can get up and they can they can manage they may be a little grumpy but they can manage, you know. And and what we really want to do is look at the further ramifications, not just the day to day, but the overall. Like you said, we can see the IQ is changing. We do see cumulative changes in behavior. And, and I think a lot of it, you know, like we started out talking about ADHD, that that is, uh, I think, a buildup of, of almost like a, you know, not really a chronic fatigue, but a buildup of all of these, um, this, this um, chronic inability to get into deep sleep and stay there long enough to the point that you can uh, wake up with a fully, I, I always, let me back up for a second. I always compare the brain to a cell phone, right? I say, you know, why do we put our cell phones on the charger at night so that you wake up with a full battery? Because if you don't, then before you know it, that phone is in low power mode, right? Oh, you I love have, that analogy. Yeah. You know, it. It's like, it was like plenty of potential is there, but you can't access it because you don't have the power. And the same thing I think is true for sleep. And especially with our kids, that potential is there. But if we don't give them the ability to, to recharge and uh, overnight, then we don't really ever get to see that, you know, that potential express itself. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosick is a speaker Ghostwriter and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at getsoconnected.com. Sleep is, is the biggest challenge I think that we face as a As a people, quite frankly, because it really does underlie everything. So then, let's shift then, Chris, a little bit to talking about solutions, because a lot of times, you know, well, we have alluded a little bit to sleep apnea and things like that. Um, Again, very clinical forms of sleep problems. There are much lesser forms where it wouldn't be clinical yet, but it doesn't mean the kid is okay, right? And so, um, but still, a lot of times, a first line of treatment will be, say, for an ENT to remove the tonsils and the adenoids to help improve sleep. But the failure rate on that procedure is huge. And then, um, so it kind of gives you a full sense of security because these kids that had this clinical problem get this this treatment, this tonsillectomy and, you know, adenectomy. you can never say that word, (laughs) but then they relapse and you don't think to look at it because you thought you solved that problem. So that's what I love about what you do, because yours is more in the realm of a a long-standing solution to this problem. So can you kind of give us the uh, 30,000-foot overview on what myofunctional therapy really is? And then tell us a little bit about what you've seen as a therapist doing it, how how it really does affect change in people's lives and and kids' lives?
1: Absolutely. So... First and foremost, it dates back to the early 1900s. And um, the study of myology is all about, and the treatment, is all about the treatment of the muscles of the face and mouth and um, and the functions of that, okay? And and that can affect the airway. It can affect um, oral resting posture of the tongue, lips, and cheeks. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it can also affect the posture of the head and neck and of course our our teeth and uh, chewing and swallowing and speech.
0: Yeah. So let me, let me just translate those terms a little bit. So for people who aren't familiar by air, where we mean literally the air coming in and out through our noses and right down into yeah. the lungs, ultimately. Right. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't actually have two ways of breathing, right. We don't have the nose and the mouth equally. The no the mouth is really just meant to be a backup, kind of like a donut. When you get a flat tire, you use that donut. You're not going to drive. You're not going to take a cross-country trip on that donut, <laughs> right? But it's right. good in an emergency. And then you mentioned um, oral, um, uh, oral. What, what did you say exactly? The, the function of the uh, um, oral, the lips. The, and
1: Yes. The, the oral rest posture of That's the it. tongue, lips, and cheeks
0: yes so So, and
1: and that supports you know the tongue is thought to be the rudder to the spine and so it supports our head and neck
0: yeah and it supports
1: how we sit up right and it supports our airway
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and and you can probably see my books behind you here in there i talk uh uh, they're, they're both meant for parents really to understand that uh what's going on but the whole idea is The tongue, um, when it's in the proper resting posture, it is providing a pressure really to grow the face forward. And we need that. I call it, you know, we want to grow a face with O2 space. If our face doesn't grow forward because of the pressure of the tongue, it then grows downward. And all of that impacts that airway, which then maybe you may be able to compensate during the day. But when we sleep, it really becomes a challenge. And then that's why we see so much of these sleep problems causing these behavior problems that we're talking about. So good. I just wanted to get in there and just describe those terms a little bit. Yeah. So good. So, so if we just recap that, what you're doing as a myofunctional therapist is really helping people key into the way that they're using their, the muscles in their, and and their tongue, uh, the muscles of their, their mouth, their lips, all of that. And the tongue to help grow the body and maintain the body in the right way. I mean, even if you think, you know, you were supposed to swallow in a certain way, which I think most people don't ever think about. Right. Um, Right. And you mentioned maintaining the posture, how many people have what they call forward head posture where you're your head is sitting in advance of your, the rest of your body, right? So it's so common now. So all of those things would be things that as a myofunctional therapist, you would help a person recognize and then correct so that they could breathe optimally and then sleep optimally and ultimately live optimally. (laughs) So um, exactly. yeah. So good. So if we kind of, we have that, that kind of overview of what you do as a myofunctional therapist, can you just, it's always great to hear like some kind of success stories and stuff. Can you share some of that of what you see in your practice and how it's really helping people?
1: Absolutely. So first and foremost, there are so many oral habits out there that people, moms, dads, they just kind of shrug it off. And it really does have an impact, not only on the teeth, the airway, um, the way a person looks, but mouth breathing. uh, Again, we go back to the mouth breathing. So the kids aren't sleeping as good, but also their self-esteem. You know, I had a nine-year-old girl who came in and of course we have a program and we have to have an active participant and of course the support system. And when she came in, she just cried. Because she was so sad that she couldn't even stay overnight um, at her friend's house, or she couldn't have them stay overnight because she was so embarrassed about sucking her thumb. Hmm. So, you know, after the program, or actually we still are in follow-up and she is thriving. She is happy. She's always smiling. She even cuts jokes now. Wow. And she's just a happy young lady.
0: That's tremendous. can I ask you a little bit tell I've heard that before of kids will have these like compensatory habits that they're doing if it's not sucking the thumb, maybe chewing on their shirt collars, things like that what what is it that they're doing there? what's driving that and 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 what the ramifications are? It could definitely be an airway issue tonsils, adenoids,
1: or even, I have habit from way back when, um, and it could be a tongue tie, so it could be rel- relative to a tongue tie, um, but most of the time it is an airway
0: issue. And so, what would they what would they be gaining from that? Is it like I know, for example, be- if you're. Okay. I'm sorry, repositioning the jaw so that it opens the airway. Ah, so by sucking the thumb, it's like almost putting a wedge or something in there. It's going to open it up to allow them to breathe more. That's very, very interesting. So, so they're not even. She was she only sucking her thumb at night. Then did you know, or was she doing it? During she was day? sucking her thumb during the day. At
1: night, it was very okay. intense. So we look at those things, how, how intense it is, how, how long they've been sucking, you know, the duration of it.
0: hmm. We look
1: at all of those things as they will impact it.
0: So that's really interesting too, to me, because not only was uh, she having trouble during the sleep, but, but clearly by doing that, trying to open her airway during the day, I mean, she was, she found a way to compensate, which was great, Mm -hmm. right? Because. You know, not breathing is kind of the biggest problem we could have. So she did find a way to keep breathing, but the ramifications, like you said, just the self-concept and just being able to socialize with friends and sleepovers over overs as she wanted to. You know, it reminds me of a. Um, uh, one of my, um, one of my daughter's friends in our old neighborhood, we had a sleepover one night when they were like maybe nine years old or something. And you know how kids will stay up late a little bit. And they they finally settled down probably one o'clock in the morning. I finally fall asleep. And next thing I know, there's a knock on my bedroom door. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, and I get up, it's one of the girls. And she says, can I take a shower? (laughs) It's like four in the morning. And I was like, what? And so, you know, like, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So she goes off and takes her shower. And I, I honestly, I didn't, even though I know what I know, I didn't even think anything about it at the time. But the next day when I went to put away all of the inflatable mattresses and everything, I noticed a wet spot wow. on the mattress. So I thought, oh, my God, this poor kid deals with this, you know, nighttime bedwetting still at nine. So I reached out to the mom and actually this goes back to what we were talking about before I reached out to the mom and I said, Hey, I don't know if you know what I do explain to her everything. And I said, you know, this is what happened last night. And I mentioned this, just maybe it's something you want to look at to see if she is dealing with some kind of sleep problem, you know? And the mom said, it's so funny that you should say that she was She had a problem when she was younger, but we had her tonsils and her adenoids taken out and she's fine. And so I said, well, actually it seems to have recurred. And she said, you know what, I'm going to ask her, she probably just drank too much juice before going to bed. And that's probably what happened. And we know that's not the case, right? It it shouldn't be happening. So I don't ever know what happened ultimately, but it was the same kind of thing. This kid was so embarrassed too, you know, Mm -hmm. to have had this whole thing come out, but those kinds of things are the exact things that we should be looking at um, certainly, you know, in a clinical sense, but also as parents, if parents are aware of these behaviors that, you know, are um, really suggestive of of a problem. And then, you know, if they can really kind of help, you know, figure out what to do. In fact, that's part of what I do in my book too. I go through these different things that you may see and then talk about who would be the right person to sort of help with each one, because it is, you know, it's a, it's a, like the, you know, it's a brand new frontier. Let's put it that way. Right. And so it's really Absolutely. hard to know, right. Because there are oral, oral facial, oral facial myofunctional therapists. There are orthotropic dentists. There are people doing uh, phrenectomy and, you know, phrenoplasty, all these kinds of things that, you know, depending upon the unique situation, one specialist or another, may be the appropriate one. But I think the Mayo is, has to be really part of it all. Just like the breathing piece, right? We really need to look at that, that comprehensive functional piece to make sure that that um, is um, that the kid gets a solution there, that they get their habits um, reset, if you will, so that they can continue to grow in a healthy way for sure. Wow. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, I love
0: hearing a story like that. Um, you know, how you, you you've changed that kid's life. Instead of growing increasingly uncomfortable and embarrassed, you've given her a way to move forward in terms of who, you know, who she should be. So I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. before I, I close out the podcast, I always like to ask a person, especially somebody with like wide experience, wide-ranging experiences you have. If you could put up a billboard, you know, to help people recognize, um, you know, this issue or what can be done or to somehow build awareness for people so that, you know, kids can get the help they need. What, what do you think you would want to put on that billboard? And, and keep in mind two things with a billboard. It's relatively small, right? And, and it's right. And people drive by it pretty quickly. So, off the top of your head, what do you think you might you might you would like to see on a billboard?
1: So everybody talks about mouth breathing, but they don't talk about the oral habits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I would love to see a billboard with all these oral manifestations that these kids have you know, with things in their mouth or thumbs in their mouth, they're biting their nails, they're biting their toenails, all of these things, because when you talk to the parents, they're like, oh yeah, you know, and, and all the other things, that's just an outward suggestion that, Hey, there's a clue that something else might be going on. Mm. So me, I, I mean, yes, is your kid have their mouth open? Yes, that's a big sign.
0: But how about the oral habits? Uh huh. So like, is your what is your child putting in your mouth? Like the little girl still sucking. Exactly. Her is your yeah.
1: child still sucking their thumb? Yeah, or yeah. what else do they have in their mouth? Do they always have to have something in their mouth? Yeah. You know, because it, it's a big one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I used to do a lot of work with kids as a diagnostician in another field. And I was always astounded by the amount of collar chewing that I saw or sleeve chewing. And I never really, I didn't know what it really signified. And and of course, you know, now I do. (laughs) Um, But I think in a lot of ways, we just, we write it off, always nervous or we just That's just what he does, you know, and and I think actually that's one thing we say on here too on the podcast we always talk about the XYZ formula and this is something I would hope to impart to parents as well you know if your child has has problem X, whatever it may be. Like ask why rather than writing it off, right? Ask why oh, and make your that. primary make your primary suspect your z's, your sleep, right? And let's really look at our our kids' sleep and and see if it, we can find you know the the so-called smoking gun there, so we can really you know help them help them sleep better, help them feel better for sure. Let's Absolutely,
1: quit.
0: yeah. Absolutely. And then last Thank question. You. Yeah, yeah. Last question: uh, How would someone uh, reach you um, if they wanted to connect? What's the best way to find you? Absolutely, um, they can email me at
1: Chris C H R I S Z O M B E K at Innovative I N N O V A T I V E I V E excuse me Myo, dot com.
0: All right, so Chris at Chris Zombeck at InnovativeMio.com. We will put that address in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I will see if I can get that billboard up because I think it's a great one. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosik is a speaker, ghostwriter, and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites, so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at GetSoConnected.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories the science and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey and leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.